0: Welcome back to the Becoming Shameless Podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Wallace. I'm your host, Josiah Baines. And today's episode is episode seven, did you retake your test? We'll be navigating correction. So what do you feel like is important or what qualities it requires to be able to receive correction? Uh,
1: the most important quality I would say is uh, good heart posture. Uh, it really depends on where your heart is um, if you're able to receive correction. I know for me, uh, it's a lot of a lot of heart checking and making sure that uh, whenever I'm about to receive correction or or something of that sort, then I'm making sure that uh, I'm in a place where I'm able to receive. And uh, my girlfriend would tell me that all the time. she <laughs> sit there and ask me, "Are you are you able to receive this right now?" Tight. And I'd be like, "Girl, I don't even know." But sometimes I say yes, sometimes I say no. But it's important to to know that.
0: I think the most important thing, which I do think uh, important, your heart posture is very important. I think the most important quality to have in receiving correction is humility, because mm-hmm. the lack of it is what leads to people not being able to receive it. Because you have to really be okay with being wrong Thanks. to accept correction. Thanks. Cause we live in a society, or even just in the world, where people are so in tune with themselves, quote unquote that anything that makes them think anything less of themselves, they're just quick to rebuke it. And it's, it's really humble to be like, I'm wrong. That takes a lot of humility, especially when you root a lot of your morals or like your beliefs in your viewpoint. And I think a lot of people lack the humility to actually receive correction.
1: It's definitely a hard thing to do, especially like you said, when you don't really have the ability to see when you're wrong. And also, when you always think you're right, and it's not really that big of a uh, thing to point out from yourself, but I know it's countless times where you just automatically, like when somebody asks you something, and like when you were younger, your parents would be like, you know, I'm about to say, I already know, I already know what you're about to say, I already know what you're about to say. Like you don't know, like you have to allow somebody to speak, and also uh, it's important that. I'm gonna get back to that. I'm gonna get back to that later. I'm gonna get back to that later.
0: Yeah, I, I think the problem is because the human ego, because you people feel so highly about their beliefs and their opinions because you're you, but to really understand, like I said, you have to, like you said, you have to put yourself under someone's understanding, and that takes a lot of humility to be like, okay, this person might know more than me. They might just have my best interest in mind. Because a lot of people take correction personal and they get very defensive because people take, a cor- take correction as an attack on their character, when if anything, it takes love to tell someone the truth and correct them, but people take it as an attack on their character because a lot of people, they project their insecurities because their insecurities don't align with who they want to be and their sense of self that they already have. So a person who already feels stupid, when you correct them, they're going to think you're a know-it-all. Because they're not ready to receive that the fact that they may not know. Because deep down, they know they're ignorant. But they have to face those truths when they're corrected. And a lot of people avoid people that are willing to correct them. It, it A lot of people say
1: sometimes is uh, a, a saying that people say to themselves and say to other people is taking the meat and spitting out, spitting out the bones. So somebody addresses you about something... And you're supposed to just take the pause, oh, my fault. Take 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 what is supposed to be the important part, quote unquote, that you think is the important part and spitting out all the excess stuff. Now it gets to a point of where what is what is the important stuff that you actually took in. So it's like if if somebody's trying to correct you and you're taking the important stuff and spitting out all the all the excess stuff, then you're ha you're having selective hearing at that point. So one you have to understand who is addressing me to be corrected because there is moments where if somebody has not people can only take you to the last place they've to people can only take you to the last place they've been. So if somebody is trying to correct you on a place where they've never been before, then it's a valid reason to to say uh that, you know, you won't exactly uh, listen to everything that they're saying. But like you say all the time, a broken clock is right twice a day so making sure you're not totally dismissing what somebody is saying when they're trying to correct you but also understanding that uh, this person it may be trying to help me and they may not have been where i've been or they may not have the same kind of uh uh what's the word background that i've that i've had and so it's a whole lot of facets and stuff that that get into that but
0: yeah i definitely feel like that, that you have to be able to deny yourself pleasure mm-hmm. the need to feel good we live such in a feel-good society where if someone's getting on your nerves you get rid of them you find somebody new if you're if you're dissatisfied you're bored put on the tv you know what I'm saying it we're so quick to accommodate ourselves with temporary fixes instant gratification that instant gratification that we can't actually progress as an individual because growth requires uncomfortability and a lot of people they can't handle correction because that it makes them be uncomfortable you have to really like deal and face yourself mm-hmm. and i think because we live in society that avoids that and we push this narrative of that everything's light and love you got to feel good it's hard for people to receive correction because not just that when you're always surrounded by things that make you feel good it will provide you with a false tense of self mm-hmm. and so any so now you believe you're this high mighty person and because someone's correcting you, it's like, who are you to tell me this? Mm-hmm. But in reality, you have to really humble yourself because egos literally what got the devil kicked out of heaven. Just saying. And that's where people go wrong. Because like I always tell you, the battle really isn't good versus evil. It's you versus your ego. And it says in the Bible, fools hate correction. The wise, Basically, the why is love correction. Mm-hmm. But people are so opposed to it because they feel so it's, it's their false of identity. And that's what really messes everybody up. Getting to,
1: um, what you said about, uh, I'm to say that too. i want to say that too. i want to say that
0: too. I mean, yeah. I and mean, even to add on to what I was saying, like it says in Proverbs uh, 15, chapter 5 through uh, 7, fools reject their parents' correction, but anyone who accepts correction is wise. Much wealth is in the house of the good people, but evil people will get nothing but trouble, wise people use their words to spread knowledge but there is no knowledge in the thoughts of fools so i think a lot of people that's why that's why even the saying like ignorant ignorance is bliss holds weight Mm -hmm. because fools hate correction and because they're not corrected they can live in a state of blissfulness because they they don't have any knowledge and that's why i feel like we got to stop coddling people but also on the other spectrum you have to kind of be understanding. Like I always say, know your audience. That's very important. And uh, I know, if we're gonna go into like, how do you give someone correction? It says, a gentle answer turns away wrath. I think a lot of times we're trying to check people because we, we're so big to be like, cuss people out in the world or like go off on people and let them tell them about themselves or read them. But when the moment you offend somebody, their ears turn down. They're not gonna listen no more, no matter if you're right or wrong. If you approach a situation with a gentle response, it's not gonna end up in an argument usually. Yes, it can on their end, but honestly a gentle answer will have go further than a harsh response.
1: When you're trying to give somebody correction, it's important that you realize that um especially if it's unsolicited correction, a lot of the times they're not gonna take it. Probably seventy percent of the times they're not. Did more I add more seventy. Exactly. Like it's gonna be like ninety percent of the time they're not gonna wanna Here's what you have to say because nobody wants unsolicited advice. Nobody wants unsolicited correction. Nobody wants to if I like you just said, did I ask you if, if nobody if, when you're talking to somebody if they don't specifically ask for you to say what do you think about this? Or then you have the the go ahead to be like, "Hey, you know, you're wrong about this and you know, you should have done that a little bit better or or first try to ease into it and be like, "Hey, do you mind if I well Before preface, before I say what I need to say, I need to preface by saying that I'm about to correct you on some stuff that you probably not going to hear. So, uh, read the book Uh, "Never Split the Difference" by Chris Voss, if you want
0: to learn some of those. I think a lot of people don't understand either the difference between a critique and correction. Mm -hmm. People just say some stuff to point stuff out, but why point out something that someone can't change or you can't help them with? Mm -hmm. Especially when it's unwarranted and no one asked for it, Mm -hmm. I feel as if don't point out something in somebody unless you can help them or assist them in fixing that issue, Mm -hmm. or don't call out unless they could change it in an instant. Especially when it comes to like people's uh, physical uh, characteristics, Mm -hmm. like if I point out, oh, you gain weight, they can't change that instantly. Why point it out? You don't know what somebody's insecure about, and I think a lot of people they mask, which I was talking about before. A lot of people they mask uh, their feelings with critiques or you know saying a joke Mm -hmm. but like a lot of critiques really are come from a place that aren't really positive because what did you gain from telling them that because you can't help them with that and I think that's where a lot of people end up being defensive on the receiving actual correction because a lot of people try to mask critiques as correction but there's no actual advice.
1: Would you say correction comes from a can I want to say comes from would you say correction can come from a a place of having a savior complex?
0: I think so. But i go back to what I was saying earlier about the heightened sense of self mm-hmm. that feel good. People have this heightened sense of self where they feel like they can fix others. But I was talking to people got to really start asking themselves the why. Why do you feel the need to critique? Why do you feel the need to correct? And the deeper you get into the whys, it'll all go back to you. I think a lot of stuff stems from people's insecurity or lack of something. Mm-hmm. You're trying to save somebody because you weren't saved. Mm-hmm. You want somebody to really save you, so you're trying to save others. And in turn, you're feeling like you're gonna get something out of it, mm-hmm. but you're not gonna get saved by saving others.
1: You're not even gonna be able to save others by trying to save others half the time.
0: You know what they say, just sometimes when you're that. trying to save somebody who's drowning, you'll go down with them because they're panicking too much. Exactly. But yeah, I feel like it's very important not to point out stuff in people unless they can instantly change it because that's a critique, not correction. Don't point out stuff in people that you can't help them with, because all you're doing is probably adding another insecurity to what they have, and especially if they already know about it. You don't know if somebody's self conscious or not, whether it be their characteristic or if their personality. Like, if you're pointing out somebody calling them like weird or saying that you know they need to like lose weight, all this other stuff, that's not going to benefit them. You're not assisting them. If you're not saying, okay, I'll get in the gym with you, I'll work out with you, mm-hmm. then why are you telling them that they need to lose weight? Because you really don't care to help them, you you claim it's out of help, but if you cared, if you really cared to help them, you would assist them on that journey of that weight loss. But no, you just want to call it out.
1: I'm I'm glad you went here, but I'm so glad now we're getting into a, a critique versus correction kind of argument because I read this, this what you read, what you read, this a quote from Theodore Roosevelt, and I heard it last week and it absolutely like blew my mind because for me. I really struggle with uh, caring uh, caring too much about other people other people I have to say so like you know mm-hmm. really uh, taking uh, a lot of weight on what somebody has to say about anything that that I do and I kind of just automatically uh, i don't want to say receive it but it's so I'm gonna, I'm just gonna read it it's called daring it's not called daring greatly but the title of it is daring greatly um, Theodore Roosevelt says it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how strong how the strong man stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly who errs, who comes up short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcomings. But who does actually actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly. So that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat.
0: That's a word. I think it's important. Unless it's constructive criticism, I think you should separate yourself from critics who don't provide constructive criticism. Surround yourself with those who correct you because they're the ones who care for you. Critics Mm -hmm. don't mean you know well because the moment people critique you, most people point stuff out to make themselves feel better. But at the same time, the people who critique you, they'll never be in your shoes. They don't want to be. And they'll laugh because they're from a distance. Their opinions shouldn't really matter. You see, it's like with sports. It'll be a fat man on the couch telling you, oh, he's lazy, da 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 mm-hmm. Critiques don't really matter from a person who... Do you value the opinion of your medical history from someone who's not a doctor? Mm-hmm. No. So why value a critic's opinion? Because they're, they're not there to serve you any good, if anything. It's kind of like critiques kind of fall a lot of times within gossip because there's no good intent, no good intention behind gossiping. None. And anytime you gossip, is to speak ill on someone's character. It's nothing good. You're either telling somebody's business or you're speaking ill about somebody. And that's how a lot of critiques are. There's it's, it's very few instances where someone gives a critique that's actually beneficial to somebody, and that's only when it's constructive. Like I said, it doesn't matter. Don't I think it's important? Like I said, the, the difference between critiques and correction. People aren't really trying to correct you and help you; they just want to critique you. Like I said,
1: it's not the critic who counts.
0: It's not the critic who counts. But yeah, I think when you are providing your critic, your not your criticisms, when you're providing correction to others. Like I said, it's very important to be gent- uh, gentle, but also very. Be very cognizant of the word choice you use because you don't know where people come from and you don't know what they've heard growing up. A lot of people, like, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of, uh, what's the book? The Five Love Languages Mm -hmm. by uh, Rick Chapman. A lot of people need words of reassurance because they don't have that. So Mm -hmm. I think it's very important to be mindful of your word choice because you don't know what that person experienced growing up or even as an adult in the world certain stuff, License that life taught them to where they feel as if they are on the defense because they feel feel attacked So it's very important to reassure people that you're there to help them and not there to just judge them But yeah I I also want to touch
1: on like you said uh, choosing your words wisely Um, there are people who need a certain uh, word choice to be able to Receive what you're saying, and also to the extreme. I know I was in a, I was in a past relationship, and uh, it it felt like to me that the person I was in a relationship with is not gonna hear what I'm saying without me raising my voice. Like my my base level voice didn't seem to mm-hmm. get the like. Some people aren't. Capable, no, I want to say capable, but some people aren't able to actually hear what you're saying until you raise your voice or until you, you know, start cursing or something like that. And so it you have to be able, you can't be both sides and be like, well, you better talk to me nicely. And then, you know what I'm saying? You don't respond the right way when somebody is actually trying to talk to you in a civilized manner. So um, that was just a little tidbit on piggybacking off what you said about. The selective word choice and making sure you Uh,
0: earlier I said it's important to ask the whys and stuff. I think one of the whys for a lot of people when it comes to like back to receiving Mm -hmm. correction, people always feel as if oh you're judging me, you're judging me, you're judging me. Are you running from judgment or are you running from conviction? Mm -hmm. And I think that's very important. A lot of people not it's not really they care about the judgment or the critiques. It's because deep down, they know they're wrong. Mm-hmm. They don't want to have to deal with that. They don't want to face, you know what I'm saying, face the consequences to their actions. They Most people, I think, aren't that oblivious to what the, their actions are. Mm-hmm. They know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Even though I feel they don't know the extent, because, you know, forget if for they not know what they do. They mm-hmm. don't know the extent of what they're doing and how will it will affect them long term. But in the moment, the action they made, they know exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. They know that wasn't right. There's a lot of times... Uh,
1: Speaking about conviction, there's a lot of times when I would know that me personally, I like to say that I am a advocate for conviction for myself. So like, if anybody is actually trying or if one of the Holy Spirit is trying to convict me or if anybody else has something that they want to say that is going to convict me, I want to hear that conviction as much as possible because uh, I... I perceive myself as a somebody who is big on uh, working on themselves and I'm still trying to work on myself. And also there are times when conviction seems a little bit, I want to say, far-fetched because it it doesn't really register in the moment as this is something that I intentionally did True. You know, it's it, it's like I said uh to you a couple days ago, hindsight gives you twenty twenty. So looking back now, I'm able to realize Yeah, I definitely I definitely needed what that person said. And that in the moment me my rejection to what they said is me just hiding that conviction. So in the moment I honestly did not have any idea of of this was a, a a act of me being convicted. But looking back, I'm like, that's definitely, my response to that was definitely me being uh, shielded, trying to block myself from that conviction. So it's, it'd be, I wish I was always self-aware and, and able to,
0: to point out, but it's, it's... I think you must kill your perception of self in order to truly grow mm-hmm. and to even receive, you know what I'm saying, correction because I think it's important to have a childlike ignorance Mm -hmm. because children, though they're ignorant, children like to learn. Right. And like I said, we're like, we're like sponges. I think you should have a childlike desire to learn and grow, but in order to do so you we're adults. Now you have to kill how you view yourself. And that's, that's really something that I personally am actually like I'm learning how to like have a childlike desire. To want to learn, because children always want to change who they are. They they don't have a set belief. This is who I am. This is what I am. Mm-hmm. But most things, when you strip your, strip those things away from you, you won't know who you are. And I think it's kind of I have to be. I think you have to be a blank page. Mm-hmm. You have to be a blank slate in order to really. You know what I'm saying? What here's an analogy. Whenever you take a test, right, and you just kept making mistakes. You made mistakes. You try to scribble off the uh, the errors. You tried to erase them. Eventually, your paper looked ugly, so you know what you have to do? In order to start over, you have to get a new piece of paper. You gotta start with a blank page. I think that's how we should be. You have to kill how you view yourself and start from a blank page in order for you to grow and get the right answers and then turn in that new exam so you could be a better version or have a better grade on your exam. So you gotta kill that perception of yourself and just start over. And I think a lot of people are fearful of starting over that's why they try to avoid correction. That's why they avoid accountability because once they realize that and they know they're wrong, it's hard. To, it's hard to start over. But a word that kind of pop, like a phrase I popped in my head earlier when I was just chilling, I had wrote it down. It's it's just a simple sentence, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's super powerful. And that's what I wrote. I was like, what did I say? I was like, in order for you to go anywhere, you must leave the house. I think a lot of people are scared to leave the house mm-hmm. because they don't know where they're gonna go. They're because the the house is you being comfortable. you know what gonna saying? it's a place where you rest that you're comfortable. You know you're just chilling, but you have to be able to step outside the house to go to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. And people don't really want to leave the house. They they don't want to leave that bed. Mm-hmm. They want to have that slumber. But the longer you sleep, the actions are getting done. You gotta really leave that house. And how you going to progress and get to your destination and on your pathway to life without you leaving the house.
1: Going versus
0: leaving is a big
1: uh, thing that I picked up from previous uh, learnings. And also from that statement right there, which is making sure that it's important that you're not only just trying to go somewhere. Because I feel like a lot of people have a destination in mind. Like, I want to get here, right? And you're not leaving anything you're you're you have a, a a destination that you've said that you're trying to go to but you don't want to leave anything you have a you have a calling right you know you have a calling on your life and you know you're supposed to be somewhere you know you know you're supposed to have a certain um uh place in in the kingdom of god i'm sorry if i'm getting a little bit too well you must speak you know you have a certain place in the kingdom of god but you're not leaving anything behind so when you're trying to you know have a new uh sense of self and in, in a blank page like you said you're still trying to use that point seven lead pencil that that you that you was writing with you're still trying to use the blue pen you was writing with like you you have to be able to leave abraham um in the bible uh god told abram to leave His kin, his culture, and uh, kin culture and something else. I forgot what the third one was. But he had to leave those things and able to go and follow God and to be able to be the father of many nations, as we say to him now. So it's important to know that when you're going somewhere, making sure that you're also leaving. Um, And some things you can take with you, some things you have to leave behind.
0: Let me give you an analogy to add on to that. Mm -hmm. Whenever you're leaving, it's like you're going to the airport. You can't take your whole wardrobe with you. You have to pack a certain amount of stuff in order for you to get to that destination. But then also, in addition... You can only bring one carry-on bag. Mm-hmm. Anything else is gonna cost you. Mm-hmm. It's going you're gonna be charged for that. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to be charged, you must leave certain stuff at the house. You mm-hmm. can't take stuff with you unless you don't want to be charged. Go you're gonna get it's cost. <laughs> it costs to bring stuff with you. You have to learn how to leave stuff that's not gonna be a benefit to you. Because in the day, you're never gonna wear that outfit. If you're in this new headspace or you're in this new area where it's it's hot, you're from Minnesota, but you're in Miami. You don't need that coat. But you're, you're, you're trying to bring it with you because you're worried about what if it gets cold at the expense of now you're being extra charged on your flight. So when you want to get to that destination, you must leave. you got to leave some things.
1: Trust that. Got to provide wherever you
0: go. Well, you got a credit card. Put it on the credit card. you worried about the payments. of What if I get cold? There's stuff at the airport. If you're cold, there's stuff right there when you get off. You can get yourself some food. Mm-hmm. There's stores. You can get yourself a hoodie. You have all that stuff right there, but you're worried about bringing stuff with you. And at the end of the day, it's gonna cost you about the same amount to buy a new hoodie as it is for you to bring that carry-on bag. So what you really doing? You going to another
1: relationship, but you haven't left the one you was just in.
0: And you bringing all that bag, you bringing all your insecurities, you bringing, you're bringing all that, all that trust baggies. issues over into that. But in the, the day, what's, what's gonna It's gonna cost you a peace of mind. Hey, nah, I be it's, doing that. Hey, it's gonna
1: cost you. I be, I be, I. Be, I, I boy i'm not I'm not pointing no fingers I'm pointing right back at myself too, pointing right back at myself, but correction right we kinda went on
0: a little but yeah like back to correction <laughs> I like, you know saying you gotta be, you gotta be okay with leaving you gotta be- like leaving certain stuff you gotta but because you're afraid of leaving, they don't want correction mm-hmm. you have to be okay- like I say you have to in order to be corrected, you have to be okay with being wrong and that like i said from what I said earlier. That's why I personally believe humility is the most important thing. You have to humble yourself in order to become a better individual. Because in most things, you have to deny yourself. And to deny yourself is the ultimate humility. And that's how you really learn. To to learn is to, even in school, Like sometimes you have to be in rooms where you know nothing and be okay with that. But if you run away from knowing nothing, you're sitting at home, you're not going to learn anything. Go to class. Receive what the professor is saying to you. You're so worried about feeling bad about not knowing nothing, that in turn, you still learn nothing. But if you just learn, learn to be okay with it, you at least you will receive some knowledge. And, you'll, and by the end of the semester, you've gained some knowledge. But if you avoiding that class, you learned nothing. You still know nothing. So if anything, you're twice the fool. So who should correct you? And practically, who, who should correct you should... Those who are willing to help you are the
1: ones who should correct you. How do I know if they're willing to help me? Because they'll offer assistance.
0: I feel like, cause I said that's the difference between critique, a critique, and correction. Someone who's correcting you wants you to be better. The same way when you gotta when you mess up on your paper, when you get your when you get your test back, aren't there when there's, aren't there corrections? This is wrong. Da, da, da. This is what you should've did. That's why sometimes people meet with their teacher after the class, like okay, and they go with, through it with them. That's how you know the difference between critiques and correction. Correct you. people who care about you and want to correct you want to help you they'll assist you that's the difference because if i'm telling you something i'm not willing to help help you how am i really doing you any good okay maybe i made you aware of it that is somewhat helpful but what did i gain from telling you that but it does take love to put the truth but did i say there's a difference between criticism and constructive criticism But those who just simply give critiques mean no good. And then critique necessarily, it has a bad connotation, but I feel because society, they're so quick to critique stuff that isn't really positive because there's no help provided with it. There's no solutions. How how can you call out a problem and you're not helping with the solution? Because a lot of people don't seek the solution. A lot of people get pleasure out of just calling out problems. Because misery loves company, so why not point out more problems? Goodness. What? I just had when you said that. It's true. Like most people just want to complain about their. Pro- I said most people want to complain about their problems. And if misery loves company, people are quick to critique you. They don't really care about correcting you. They don't want to see you succeed. They just want you to feel as bad as they do because it heightens their sense of self. But also, it provides a lot. Of- it's kind of like when you were in school. It's one thing when you were the only one who, who failed. You felt terrible. When you knew your friend also failed with you, it provided a sense of comfort. Now, nah, let's, let, let's get let's be biblical on this. Why do you think the devil wants to steal, kill, and destroy? He knows where he's going. Mm-hmm. He wants to bring people with him. Right. And that's how and that's where this stuff probably really stands for. Misery loves company. It probably comes from him. Because misery loves company. That's why most people will critique you. What does the devil do to people a lot of times? He whispers things about, he whispers insecurities in your head. Those are nothing other than critiques. He'll whisper stuff in you to make you question yourself. Because he's not trying to help you it's a critique it's to make you feel bad critiques usually do not have good intentions why do you think the shade room comments are so toxic they ain't trying to help you That shade room B, boy they is not trying to help you and that's how a lot of people are they're not trying to help you i i've never followed the shade room
1: and the amount of people that repost the stuff that's on the shade room is the
0: negative insane it's very negative that's that's how a lot of things are most people will point out stuff not People don't really care to help; they just want something to talk about, and that's not to learn. Even in terms of like gossip, people don't care; they just need something to talk about. But, but yeah, that i am tell you: most things go back to the ego and your sense of self. Your sense of self will mess you up, mess you up more than anything else, because the war in life isn't good versus evil; it's you versus your ego. I'm talking about correction.
1: Right. So I'm thinking in my head like my the older generation, right? So say my grandmother, right? She's correcting me on something that was right in her time, but not necessarily the same same instance or same uh situation that is in the current times now. So say she's correcting me, I remember this one time my grandmother, um, she would always, she was really big on uh, respect, right, and so she would always say uh, a couple of things, one, the main thing being that if I'm uh, not responding in a certain amount of time between uh, an adult asking a question and the response time, like it was and it was like a very short window it was like disrespectful yeah your disrespect was like a timer so her correcting me on that is 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 that critique or is that correct like correction does that have multiple facets of uh between age groups like is there like a certain general uh way that uh generically you can be cor- corrected or does it have like certain it goes
0: back to what i said. Correction. Yeah. Looks to help you with the problem mm-hmm. The critique doesn't If you're not providing solutions that So it's like correction right This is inappropriate An alternative So you could get better at this or a way to assist you in this Would be to, to be this Anything else is not really helping me Because some things are just some, We're all different people right mm-hmm. So some things aren't necessarily right or wrong Some things are just a matter of your opinion versus mine mm-hmm. So you responding In your own time That to you may not be inappropriate because you're trying to process how you speak what you say but somebody else they want to speak instantly feel disrespectful that's a matter of opinion I wouldn't even say I feel like sometimes we try to say we're correcting people but some things aren't necessarily wrong to be corrected it's Mm -hmm. just a matter of it's kind of like we may both have get the same answer we're doing a math problem but you may write it vertically and I might write it horizontally Mm -hmm. We end up with the same answer, but it's just a matter of how we did it. Or, so, you know, you see in the sense of math, like there's different steps people take in order to get to their problem. Like PEMDAS, right? If multiplication and division are both at the equal, they're on the equal level, mm-hmm. but some people might divide first, some multiply first. Mm-hmm. Who's to say you're wrong? You both got the right answer. Something's just a matter of opinion. I don't think there have to be correction. Just a matter of that's what you prefer versus what I prefer. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of goes to a matter of like, Sometimes I feel like it could be kinda of controlling because you want somebody to subject themselves to your what you believe is the best way to go about things, but we're all different. Some things work better for other people. I don't see nothing wrong necessarily with certain things. Not everything not everything is right or wrong. Some things just are. And I think that's the problem with the world. We try to label things as either it's right or it's wrong, but some things just are. Some things can just be categorized. If it's not right it's left. I told you we live in a dualistic mindset. If it's not right, it's left, if It's not up, it's down. If you're not right, you're wrong. Why can't it just be? I don't think it's disrespectful though. If you're and like specifically that, I don't think it's disrespectful. You're just being you're processing your thoughts before you speak. You're being intentional with how you speak. But I feel a lot of correction. And this now, now, let me get back to this teacher analogy, right? Mm-hmm. It's a different when a peer grades your paper, mm-hmm. and your teacher. Because your teacher is an expert they can ha- they have all the resources and the knowledge to provide you with assistance why you don't get correction from people who know just as much as you or oh, not not gonna say that scratch that you should get correction from people who know more than you and who can assist you mm-hmm. if it's from a person who doesn't have the expertise to tell you something it's pointless and then i feel like a lot of times when it's a matter of opinion we try to correct people but it's like they're not an expert to tell you that it's wrong. And I think also, look it. And also, we're going straight away, mm-hmm. but we go back to it. In terms of correction, y'all need to start reading books. Because y'all so easily sway the influence. Y'all take a lot of things as correction when it's not. And y'all don't even look. Because whenever you do any research, you're supposed to address the counter argument. Do, you do your own research. Read a book, please. Pick up a book. Because y'all don't read. And I emphasize that one podcast. Mm-hmm. Y'all need to start reading read a book because it'll, it'll really tell you a lot of stuff that it'll just let you know so much mm. in order you don't have to even rely on people's opinions because y'all take critiques from other people as, at face value mm. and then be hard on yourself or you go spread it to somebody else and that's so dangerous it's so dangerous mm. So I just have to say that because that ruffles my feathers like why do y'all be just taking everything at face value every critique at face value not even a correction because if they're looking to correct you they'll provide you a solution you just take a critique and you take it as a correction mm-hmm. and then y'all just be going around on TikTok making all these videos and now i got a hundred thousand likes and everybody doing stupid stuff and not even realizing i remember they were saying like oh my gosh, like i heard somebody was saying how mlk the reason why mlk was so big on some rights because he had a white mistress and that's what he wanted like you think that's the sole reason why he would do something like that like be for real and then i'm saying a whole propaganda like some tiktok videos I ain't gonna lie. It's so easy for the devil to see y'all because y'all just be so, y'all don't look into, y'all don't fact check stuff.
1: Context is king.
0: Y'all take critiques at face value as that's law. And it's, the whole time it's just of an opinion. Because like I said, I go back to that point because a lot of things necessarily aren't right or wrong. Y'all take opinion as law, mm-hmm. as word, as bond, as, like it's like it's Bible or something. Mm-hmm. Go fact check stuff. Pick up a book. Stop just watching a video from somebody who's not even a teacher. Like, you're taking medical information from someone who's not a doctor. You gotta be curious. You have to open up. Childlike curiosity, curiosity, but also be mindful of what you receive, please. I beg. You have to open up. I beg of you.
1: Yeah. And everything, you gotta, and that, the best way, the number one thing that we've talked about right here is uh, the offense of Receiving correction, right? The number one Thing people do when they receive correction is be offended if they don't want to receive the correction. It's a choice and, and offense is a choice and the number one thing to combat offense is curiosity So why do they feel like that? Why exactly they, like just it doesn't it doesn't take a, a whole lot of, of Effort to just be like why, why why, why do you say that? And then they, you'll be able to, from that question right there, you'll be able to gauge whether or not they are actually trying to help you or whether they are actually just saying stuff just to say stuff.
0: You know what's so ironic? Most people hate when you answer a question with a question, mm-hmm. but most answers to the question is a question. Exactly. The why. Like, why do you feel like that? Well, why this? Why? And the more you ask the whys, you keep asking questions. You can actually uproot your uproot your plant and see the root of the issue. Mm-hmm. But until you uproot it and you keep digging, you gotta dig. If you don't keep digging, you can't find the root of your problems. And the root of your problems really be so
1: simple sometimes. Like, like you go if you unravel all that 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 stuff that you don't been through and you know to get to that root is a whole lot but when you get to the root of it you really just be like like <laughs> me me and, uh, a lot of times me and my girlfriend we would have arguments and stuff like that mm-hmm. and so and it it'll be so funny because sometimes it, it'll just come boil down to the fact that like like you know i know be like girl I, I know we just arguing because we just ain't spending enough time together or we just it's so simple like it'd be so simple sometimes like just stuff is things sometimes seem complicated and not complicated at the same time
0: and i'm really big on reiterating you know mm-hmm. like literature and i like to read and stuff right i'ma reiterate it the roots of most of your problems are the answer is a question you have to keep digging yes it's a lot of work You'll sweat your muscles might be sore it's strenuous but you have to keep digging to get to the root. Once you upheed that root, like you said, the, the root of your problem usually is super simple because think like this, every plant starts with a seed, something so small. You right. got to keep digging, uproot it, but people are too lazy to do the digging work because it's strenuous. Whoa. When that is one of the
1: biggest things that I would say you're able to gauge somebody who is trying to help you and somebody who is just they decent. gonna help you dig. They are not only gonna help you dig, but you're gonna be able to see that they dug themselves. You're able to see you're you're
0: sitting there doing the, that dirt on your eyebrows, exactly. and,
1: and that's exactly what I was talking about in the it's not the critic who counts. It's somebody who is you're able you're in the arena with somebody who's in the arena with you. I seen you did you're digging. I've seen you've done your work. I can trust that what you're saying to me is not some kind of fugazi. Cause I know that you did it as well. Exactly. You went
0: through it, and like that's people bomb for stuff they go through. If yeah. I can see you went through it too, I I trust your word than somebody. Cause there's a lot of people who will tell you like this is how you become a millionaire, but have you ever become a millionaire? No. And that's why I'll be saying like it's it's very important to dig because at the end of it, the plant was rooted with a seed. You got to dig, but you got to stop. People got to stop being lazy. You really gotta do. Do the digging to get to your root of your problems. But, like, people see all that. Damn, I got to pick up a shovel. I got to do all this labor. It's hot outside. I don't really feel that good. I don't want to do the digging. And then they wonder why, like, their plant has all these thorns or it's, or it's mm-hmm. not bearing good fruit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, because you didn't do the digging to get to the root. Fruit. You shall know them by their fruit. You didn't do any other work to dig to see what's the root of your problem. You got to always dig. Ask them questions. And people get annoyed when you importune them. Vocabulary word for you to importune is to annoyingly ask, you know what I'm saying? It's like pressing the issue, you know what I'm saying? Shout out Akila in the beat, oh, yeah. but you know what I'm saying? Importune them, hey, I mess
1: with them, them, them big words, man. I yeah, mess with them I'm trying words.
0: to be more articulate, but like, yeah, like you don't want to hear people feel like you're importuning them, but in reality, you're trying to. People don't like a lot of people are avoiding or they don't understand. There's people who are willing to help them dig, but they get annoyed by them. They're like, oh, you're pushing me too much, you're overwhelming me. In reality, they're just trying to help you dig. They they picked up their shovel. Now, well, you pick up yours.
1: It's it's way and you and somebody who is truly digging never stops digging. You're never going to stop digging
0: so until you until you die. You're always going to be digging because you know why. I know you seen the movie Holes. Mm-hmm. Yes, you might have dug that one who got to that root, but guess what? You have to, there's a whole field. There's a whole. You better field keep digging. Of holes. This life, this, Dig it up. Mm-hmm. hey,
1: this life stuff ain't no joke, man. It ain't no joke. This life stuff is not no joke. It's, it's real good. It's got the valleys and it's got the peaks. It's got both of them. And when you're able to recognize that um, in those valleys, whatever happened in those valleys, I'm going to have to address what happened in those valleys at some point.
0: And that's the problem. A lot of people, like, that's why a lot like the people they break down eventually because they didn't, they stopped digging and they have a random breakdown they don't know because you don't even know the seed that was planted because you won't do the digging and now you're breaking down because now you bore that bad fruit and now you ate the fruit, mm-hmm. it tastes bitter and it's leaving this place, a, a distasteful thing to your mouth. You're like, why does this fruit taste so bad? Do the digging and you'll find out. What seed did you plant? Most time you're allergic to apples and it's an apple tree. <laughs> Just saying, you gotta really do the digging. Be humble. Humble yourselves. And and even then, like, go back to, like we said, digging. A person who works manual labor, those are jobs that are frowned upon. So mm-hmm. that just shows right there. It takes a lot of humility. And it takes humility to dig into your problems. I, I know I have an issue. I know I got to updo this. And when you, like I said, when you dig, you're going to get tired. So you'll be more receptive of somebody bringing their shovel to help you dig, too.
1: And it's painful.
0: Painful. It's painful painful you might get
1: a splinter That soul care is painful unraveling all that stuff is very you gonna go to some places you don't never want to go back to you're gonna go through them stuff that you never thought that that you actually went through like you realize that dang like I didn't know this thing affected me so much I thought this was just like like dang somebody just drank my milk in the in the, in the fifth grade, they just took my milk carton and drank it. I didn't know that that was a a part of my trust issues that I had. Like, it's some stuff is is wild of how much stuff we collect into if, our, like.
0: You know it's crazy, bro? If you, cause you know, I'd be plant, I actually plant. You know i like the garden. Mm-hmm. If you plant, you don't realize how wide the roots at the under the surface can branch off. And you don't even realize how strong they are. But even then, because you know about the fruit they bear, mm-hmm. you might actually get a seed to fall on someone else's soil. And you planted the wrong seed because all, mm-hmm. you decided you didn't want to dig. And that's how hurt people hurt other people. Because you didn't want to dig and get to the root of your problems, your fruit your, your fruit dropped a seed in someone else's soil. And now they're, and it's, just a, it's a repetitive cycle. You really got ask to ask why. Dig, get to the root. Figure out what seed was planted into you, so you seed don't that 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 terrible seed that you have doesn't fall into someone else's soil and it keep growing. I'm trying
1: to preach to people with an open wound, you trying you trying to help people and you. you what I tell a, you, you got
0: a big old hole in your arm and you still bleeding. What you I always tell you, if you don't if you don't tend to your wound, you get blood on everybody. And I don't want blood on me. That's a biohazard. You know what I'm saying? That's a biohazard. You know what I'm saying? So you don't know, get that alcohol. People don't, and people want to avoid taking, putting that alcohol on their wound. You gotta put that rubbing alcohol in that peroxide, but you you trying to avoid it. You so more worried about dealing with the peroxide that you're still bleeding. Mm-mm-mm. And then it you know was crazy. If you want to stop the blood flow, you know what you must do? Apply pressure. I said, oh, all right now. <laughs> you got to apply you gotta apply, you got to apply that pressure. Apply pressure. You gotta apply that pressure, and people don't want to do that. You gotta be okay with applying pressure in order to heal that wound. And once you, and then once you have healed your wound, you could. It's kind of like this: you've been sick before, right? right? So when you're sick, you know the symptoms you got. So you, when you go, though, it's a painful experience when you're sick and you have a fever and you feel like this weakness. Once you get sick again, you know what to do. So when you're sick, if you've been sick, it's easier for you to call out somebody else and tell them assist them when they're sick. They can correct you. Oh no, you need some robo baby. You don't need no ginger ale. And those saltines, You know that's a black remedy. <laughs> Shut out my people, you know you? some crackers, boy. They look
1: crazy,
0: ain't shit. but yeah, you have to be as moral of the story. You have to humble yourself and deny your sense of self and be okay with being wrong to, to take it in, but also to give it. It's just like I said, to give to to give correction when somebody you've been in the hospital before, we all have been to the doctors. Mm-hmm. The nurses are gentle, they know every it, even people who are doing surgery, they know that any minor. Incision, any mistake can lead to an internal bleeding. It can mess you up mm-hmm. permanently. So, whenever you're helping or correcting somebody, be mindful to be very gentle because you don't want to make a mistake and cut the wrong artery and lead to them bleeding. You got to be gentle with how you help correct people. Be very, very gentle because you don't want to have blood on your hands. Because I uh, know the Bible speaks of basically if anybody Causes someone else to sin And you mm-hmm. cause yourself you be very held accountable for that mm-hmm. So be very mindful How you correct other people Be very gentle And if you can't be gentle Just don't correct them If you can't be gentle Don't say nothing Like I said A gentle answer Turns away wrath So be very mindful But I, I think we, I think we did a good job You think so? Yeah Hey shout out it is
1: uh, grass season. Shout out to all them grads graduating.
0: Shout out to college grads. RP, my dog Paris, you know we miss you. My little man's back. You you with Jesus now, so it's all good. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to add? No, I'm good. Proud to be black. Proud to be. But you know I love everybody. Proud of my fellow followers of Christ. You feel know I me? Mean? Mm-hmm. Life is good right now. We're in gardening season, so everybody pick up your your shovels and get to digging. Just uproot these problems and correct them and then plant a good seed. But this has been the Shameless Podcast. We'll catch you next time.